Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Wave Break Podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. Listen, in uncertain times, you need to be supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers. It's going to be appreciated. It's going to be remembered. It's going to be shared. And in good times and bad, this type of communication that's open and empathetic with your customers is key. This is a key theme that we've been talking about at Waybreak. I've been preaching this on the podcast. And when you're communicating with your customers in this way, the best way to do this is with email. It is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering communication like this. And what I love about Klaviyo is that email is one of its core offerings. And their personalization that you can do inside Klaviyo is just, it can't be beat. And when you leverage that personalization driven by a 360 degree view of the customer, these emails are going to feel more relevant and they're going to drive even stronger relationships. And Klaviyo gets it. They're not just, you know, some company. They understand how challenging it is right now for every entrepreneur. You know, it was hard to get your business off the ground and navigating these times is even harder. And if you're feeling overwhelmed with growing your business, know that you're not alone. Klaviyo is here to help you build relationships across any distance for your brand and create memorable and meaningful email marketing moments that last a lifetime. And that's how you build a successful e-commerce brand. And this is why I love Klaviyo so much, because they're on the same page with me and Wavebreak. is like, we're not just about making more revenue. That's great. But what this is really about is an opportunity to create an amazing community with your customers. And the best way to do it is with email. And if you're not on Klaviyo, you got to get on Klaviyo. Visit klaviyo.com to schedule a free trial. That's K-L-A-V-I. IYO.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Wavebreak Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO of Wavebreak. We're a boutique agency specializing in email and SMS marketing for e commerce brands. If you're running an e-commerce company and you're not getting the most out of email and you feel like you're leaving money on the table and you know you could be doing better, like maybe you're barely doing anything at all with it, or maybe you're just not doing it at the level you know you should be as you're building and scaling your brand, uh, it's going to be a must-have in 2021 to have your email marketing dialed in just because the way ad costs are going to continue to rise, competition is going to continue to increase just like we've seen in 2020. In 2021, things are going to get even more spicier um, and email is a great way to diversify your marketing mix and double down on your existing customers to drive a lot more revenue. So if you want to learn more about Wavebreak and how we can help you do that, you can go to wavebreak.com. That's W-A-V-E-B-R-E-A-K.com. Um, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Wavebreak podcast. This is the podcast for people who are building and scaling e-commerce revenue quickly and really as fast as possible uh, without breaking everything, or maybe even sometimes breaking everything along the way. So really excited for this one. Today on the show, I'm joined by Liz Georgie, co-founder and CEO of a company called Suna. And I'm really excited for this one because we're talking about creative, we're talking about images, e-commerce shots, and like all these different things that play into your marketing. Um, So as far as your creative for 2020 and 2021, what does that look like? So what are some trends? What are we looking at as far as types of content? What's going to crush? How are we thinking about content across channels? What about new channels? Deeper topics in that. And then also I get really excited 
or I, also I'm really excited about some other pieces we dive into um, because this isn't Liz's first rodeo. She has a lot of experience hiring people, leading a team and like running the books and all these things that I ask her a bunch of questions about at the end too. So if you're struggling to hire great people, if you're struggling to lead your team in a way that's getting the results you want and your books are not in the place you want them to be, keep listening all the way to the end. A uh, ton of nuggets in this one. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Liz, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk today. Uh, we're going to be diving into content. We're going to be diving into creative. We're talking 2020, 2021. We're going to be getting into it. A lot of different trends, a lot of things people aren't doing that we're going to be covering as well. Um, but before we dive into that, why don't you tell the audience, what is Suna and what do you guys do? Yeah, Suna is a fast casual content company. And what that means is that we make it possible for brands to get professional photo and videos for less than the price of stock and delivered in 24 hours. And we do this with an on-demand virtual shoot platform that allows any company to simply make a booking, ship us their product, join their shoot online via our virtual photo shoot experience, and then they only are required to purchase the assets they love. Our platform is completely a la carte, so you pay $39 for every photo that you want, $93 for every video clip that you want, and uh, we're excited to talk with all of you about what we're seeing as the future of content creation. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to dive into that as well. Uh, you have a really awesome platform, and it's a really great model. How did you, like, prior to Suna, like, how did you get into this? Like, how did you come up with this this company? And, and what's your background before we dive into the, the content and creative side of things? Yeah, you know, I had a really twisty-turvy career. I started my career in production, actually working in television. I had the great fortune of being able to work as a freelance uh, editor, worked in a lot of different types of editing roles and editing jobs, all of them being things that were really, really exciting because I learned a ton about storytelling. I learned a lot about the professional production environment. But what it actually ultimately led me to was in 2011, I got a job working for an ad agency where I was in charge of creating the relationships with production teams and helping them set up commercial productions. And the funny thing about it is, is that I was shocked and amazed at how many production companies didn't know anything about how to create content for the internet. So in 2013, I actually started my first company. I started a professional production company called Mightier. And, you know, that experience was one of the most important experiences of my career because I got a chance to learn the entrepreneurial journey the hard way. Started a business from scratch, took $5,000 and turned it into a several million dollar business. And I actually exited that business earlier this year. But the thing that's been interesting about it is that I it gave me all the tools that I needed to ultimately start Suna. I met my business partner because I hired her to be our animator at my first company. And she and I quickly realized we had an incredible relationship and decided to start Suna together. But I also learned just how to hire, how to lead a team, how to run the books, how to do the things that actually make a business go round. And I always recommend to folks, the sooner that you can dive into building your first business, the sooner you can learn about all the things that are going to make you successful in a business. And I, I can't express enough just how valuable that was for me as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's 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 really phenomenal. And I, I always love these stories, too, is, it, is it's not like you're just pulling these this business <laughs> out of thin air. It's like you're founding it directly from experience um, and what you did before. Like those are always like it, that story comes up so many times on this podcast and it's always like people who are doing really well. It's like they created this out of what they did before and it's like an evolution of where they were at 
before and it's just like bigger and better every time. So that's that's an awesome story. Oh, 100%. I mean, you have to solve problems that you know need solving, right? If you are just solving problems because you think it's a problem, but you've never actually validated that as a problem out in the world, you're probably not going to get too far. But if you've seen, oh my gosh, other people have this problem, other people are struggling with this, other folks are looking for ways to maybe get around this challenge that we're having, that's a really good sign that you're onto something and that there's some potential there. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I really want to dive into some, some of those points you mentioned later on in the show, the hiring, the leading, um, you know, even running the books, because I think those are all key things as well. But let's I, I want to start on the content side. So you have a really good pulse on, you know, what's working well on the content side, just because of all the content, creative, whatever you want to call it that you do kind of like how you described earlier, but like, what does the landscape look like? I mean, it's been an interesting year for e-commerce in general, but like, what does the landscape, what does the landscape look like over this year for the creative side of things? Yeah, you know, I absolutely think that what folks need to be thinking about this year is how they can bring humanity to their content. What we're seeing is we are all in this really interesting microcosm of being in our homes, working in unusual ways, not connecting with others in the same way that we are used to or accustomed to. And this fundamentally changes the way we approach all of our behaviors, including how we shop. You know, the thing that I have noticed in my own behavior is that I find myself, you know, being less excited about making purchases because I'm not quite sure how they're going to fit into my life. And so one of the things we're seeing in content right now is how can you show through your visuals, through the media that you're creating, both for your e-com store, but then also for your social presences, for your ad campaigns, how your product or service fits into the life of your end consumer. How are they gonna use it in this time right now? How's it gonna make them feel? The more that you can connect those dots, the more that people are going to feel compelled to actually add to cart. And we all know when someone adds something to cart, that is what's gonna convert and create cash for you as a business. Another major trend that we're seeing, especially as we're thinking about 2021, is really watching how consumers are getting away from wanting those really boring e-commerce shots and wanting to see shots that help them fill in the gaps in their knowledge. You know, really seeing a lot of brands embrace this idea of how do I show the scale of my product? How do I show the use cases of my product or how it could be used inside of your home or inside of your workplace? Bringing a little bit more life and vitality to those images by simply adding a person or if you're a pet food company, adding a pet, you know, any of the things that really help make it easy and clear for the consumer to understand, this is what I'm getting, this is what it's going to look like in my life, and this is why I'm going to value it. Yeah, it, it's so funny you say that, because I'm still impressed so many times I go to buy shoes online, and I can't find a shot of what they actually look like on people's feet. Like, you have to <laughs> Google right. it, you're lucky if you, you know, try to hashtag or not Amazon, Instagram, and like maybe you can find it. But like, I feel like if you if you if I ran a shoe company or I, I took over as the head of marketing, first thing I would do is put what the product looks like on the feet. So much low hanging fruit for so many brands. It sounds like that's what you're seeing also, and like consumers are wanting those. I absolutely agree with you. And you know the thing is, is, is we assume that consumers know what it's going to look like. That shoe example is a perfect one. I've been talking a lot about how one of the things that I'm really hoping brands will embrace in 2021 that I haven't seen enough of yet is actually how clothing moves on a body through video. You know, one of the things that's just true about all of us is none of us are just 
standing in our houses, never moving with our clothes on. I want to see how comfortable is that footwear going to be. I want to see how much is that sweater going to move around. Is it a pretty stiff material or is it a soft material? You know, these are the things where we don't actually know how it's going to be because we can't go to the mall and touch it and feel it and look at it ourselves. The more that a store online can help the consumer envision that, the better. The other piece of this, and I, I think this is where there's so much opportunity for the brands that are willing to dive in, is that it's not that expensive to do this. You know, you're already taking the photos of the models. Just record a quick 25 second video of them spinning with the product, doing a quick walk cycle. It is completely within your production principles to get it done if you just plan for it a little bit. And so I think there is plenty of runway for folks to take advantage of that that opportunity. Oh, yeah, I love that. I, I feel like a big theme this year, well, like last year, 2019, everyone was talking about for 2020 was like, you know, video is the future. I think that's a, a, a really great example. Like overall, like video was really hyped up for, for 2020. Like wh how do you see video playing out the rest of this year and into 2021? Yeah, video is a big deal because it helps fill in the gaps where we are not able to see things ourselves. And that's especially true right now. We are all at home. We're all trying to figure out how to make this environment work for us. It's not the most straightforward. It's not the most simple. And so you really have to just emphasize for folks, this is what I think we need to be doing in terms of getting that visual ecosystem spread out and, and across your website, across your social, across your third-party seller sites. You know, on social media, especially video is so key. If we think about hopping onto Instagram stories, show me 10 seconds of video instead of 10 seconds of photography. It doesn't have to be complicated video. And I think this is where a lot of brands get tripped up. They sort of have this idea of, I need to create something that's really high end, or I need to create something that's really complicated. When the truth is, is it's just about using the consumer's time in a way that's gonna be valuable for them and help them make faster and better decisions. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be clear and it has to be concise and it has to be something that's going to help them fill in the gaps, like I said before. Yeah, that that makes that makes total sense. And it's just like constantly just like leveling things up. Like the, the playing field is getting more competitive. It's getting different. Like one thing we were talking about before we press record is like one thing that's changing too is like you, you need great content across multiple platforms. Like it needs to look good on your site. There's all these different things. Like how should we be thinking about content and creative just like, I mean, with all these different platforms that we have now. Absolutely. The huge moment that we have across all of our businesses, I don't care if you're in cosmetics, if you're in fashion, if you're in home goods, whatever category you're in, there is a huge likelihood that you have the potential to get some content out there that can be used across every single one of your channels. So one of the things that just really stinks about e-commerce images is they don't have a ton of value to us as businesses on social, as an example. But really great e-commerce images on a pop of color, say throw your product on a brand color, maybe your brand color is blue. Using your e-com images as a chance to switch it up and say, we're not gonna do product on white, we're gonna do product on blue because that's on brand for us. And guess what? Now we can use those images on our social channels because they're gonna look good in the grid. We're gonna be able to use these on Facebook because they're gonna look more colorful in our ads. You know, being able to transport that content to other places is a huge unlock and it really creates a lot of value for you as a business. 
Another thing to be thinking about in terms of changing it up for across your platforms is really smart about what does my consumer need to tell the story of our product? You know, I am a huge advocate of customers seeing the ingredients or seeing the list of products that go into your product. So just to give you a really tangible example, maybe you're a cosmetics company, you know, being able to have that shot that shows there's citrus in this product, there's lemon in this product, there's eucalyptus in this product, and actually showing those things so that we trigger the sense memory of our consumers. We're able to get an emotional connection. You know, one of the reasons why humans love going to the movie theater is because it actually stimulates multiple of our senses. It stimulates our visual senses. It stimulates our auditory senses. And believe it or not, that popcorn is powerfully smelly for a reason. It triggers the sense of smell. And when we're shopping online, it's very hard to trigger more than one visual sense. And so I want to encourage you to think about how do we get to that next sense level? Is it through sound and adding video? Is it through adding visuals of common sense that people know that they can connect to our product? These are the things that can be transported across all your channels. They can be used anywhere you're marketing your consumers and it triggers a stronger memory for them. So they are excited about your brand for a long time to come. Let's take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. Listen, it's getting more expensive to drive profitable traffic to your website every month, every year. You need to do everything you can to maximize conversions. That's why I love and use today's sponsor, Just Do Know. They're the best tool in the game for conversion rate optimization. Two things I really love about them right now. I mean, they're first of all, they're a really great company, really great team. Uh, you know, one of the best to work with. Uh, but two features I love of Just You Know. Number one, they have these AI-powered upsells that you can take and put anywhere in your store that has HTML. So you can put them in the checkout, you can put them in your cart, you can put them on the product page. This is their Just Do Know Plus product. And what's great about that, it has this AI in it that tracks buyer behavior and puts recommendations that people are actually gonna buy. So you get more conversions and you get higher average order value and it's just gonna help your business scale a lot easier and it's really easy to set up because you also get a strategist with it. And the Just Do Know Plus strategist, they know exactly what's working and how the best brands are leveraging Just Do Know and they can take that insight and apply it to your brand with zero learning curve um, and help you drive more conversions using their platform on your website. The second thing I really love about Just You Know is their advanced list growth tools uh, and specifically how you can segment based on traffic and a ton of other different metrics so you can really maximize list growth as well as conversions using on-site pop-ups and different promotions that they have. Um, and all of this works extremely well. Uh, Just Do Know customers see an average of 135% lift in revenue during their first year using the platform. And what's awesome about it is it also links to Klaviyo, Postscript, and all of the other software software that you use. So you can close the loop, link everything together. Everything's personalized. Everything's automated. It's all nice and flows and connected. Um, and it drives great results. So if you want to learn more about Just Do Know Plus and snag a sweet discount because you're a listener of this podcast, all you got to do is go to justduno.com slash wavebreak. Link is down in the show notes below. It's justduno.com slash wavebreak. Sign up for a free trial and get 20% off your first year by using code wavebreak. Like I said, it's down in the show notes below. Go check them out. Let's get back into this episode. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And now I now I really miss movie theaters and the popcorn smell <laughs> and the, sur the surround sound. Um, like one of my favorite commercials before the movie is like I don't know if it's in every theater, but like there's this one I remember. It it's like all the ice falls and then the Coke gets poured over it and it's like Coca Cola and it's like you yeah. can smell it, you can taste it, and it's like 
it's the most satisfying thing ever. And that's huge when you can emulate that. Like I've interviewed people on the podcast before. It's like uh, who who sell candles online and their strategy is to write really good product descriptions. But another great way to do that is exactly what you're saying is like, let's get some some visuals in because like you look at a lemon, it's almost like you can smell a lemon. It's not perfect. um, But that's a that's a really good point. I like that a lot. It's the closest we're going to get in these times. And I think any tool we can use to make our stores more successful, the better. Yeah. What What are you seeing for like, so we kind of talked about 2020 and like the next few months, but just in general, like what are some trends on the creative side that you're thinking about? Like, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting time in the world still. It's kind of hard to predict, but like what trends or things are you seeing on the creative side for, for 2021? Some of the things I'm seeing on the creative side that I'm just generally excited about are being able to bring in more color to product photos. You know, product on white has been the universally accepted standard for the better part of a decade. And I think consumers are growing tired of it. And I'm not sure it actually tells us everything that we need to know about a product. So I'm excited to see how that changes. And I'm excited to see how how brands can start to bring in more colors into their product images in a way that gets all of us more accustomed to shopping in a way that looks like the way that we function on on the internet in general we don't look at we don't all want to look at a really boring you know plain white instagram feed so the same should be true about our e-commerce store another trend that i'm really excited about is that video topic we were talking about earlier finding ways to show the consumer how's this product going to look on my body how's this product going to feel is there a way to make this even more obvious for them that they're going to have a positive experience here because The thing is, is that we are not static human beings. We don't live in photographs. We live in real life. We live by moving around. And so showing folks how that works. And then the final thing that I think is really going to see a resurgence in 2021. And, you know, I'm sure there are many people who are going to listen to this and laugh at me. But I think tutorials and how-to videos of the most simple of products are going to be huge next year. You know, I often joke that HSN and QVC are really successful for a reason. And it's not because they're not selling things that are all that different from what the rest of us are selling. It's because they show us exactly how a product works, exactly why you're going to be excited about it. You get the scale and you get how it fits into your life as a consumer. Those platforms need to show up in e-commerce. Having videos where a personality or someone like you is showing you how a product can be used is going to transform how much more quickly a consumer can imagine purchasing that product and I think really improve the overall experience. Yeah, I love that. And it's it's a really good point you make about how like Instagram's full of color, but then every direct-to-consumer e-commerce website, it's the same white background. It's I didn't even even really notice until you just said, which is really fascinating. Um, and the truth, a lot of us live in a completely white background life. Isn't that the funniest thing about all of this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting stuff. I mean, th- this has been awesome talking about the creative side, and uh, I could keep talking about this for hours. But you also dropped some nuggets in the beginning about you know throughout your entrepreneurial journey, you've learned how to hire, you've learned how to lead a team, you've learned how to run run, run the books really want to dive into some of those like hiring I think is one of the hardest things you know one of the hardest parts of business like other human beings like I have clients ask me all the time it's like you know how do you hire a great team like how do you do what you do like and like it's one thing to attract applicants it's another thing to hire great people like there's so many pieces of the process so like how do you think about hiring people 
Yeah, you know, one of the first things I learned along the way is you can't rely on resumes to make your decisions. I know that there is a common practice and a lot of businesses to focus on just get those resumes, review the resumes, find the person that looks closest to you. But the fact of the matter is, is that most of us are human beings, we're not resumes. And we have different skills and talents that don't always come across in the form of a piece of paper. So one of the first things I always recommend is getting your head wrapped around what are the qualities I'm looking for in a person that I think are going to add value to this business and most importantly, value to my customer or my product. If you can get really clear on those two things, then you can ask those questions in your posts that you do across the web. So if you're posting on LinkedIn, if you're posting on Indeed, if you're wherever you're posting your jobs, ask those qualifying questions. And you will be surprised how many of your candidates will write you a letter, a cover letter that explains how they're going to add value to your company. And you'll very quickly realize whether or not they're in alignment with what you're ultimately hoping to achieve. I also tend to believe that people are really smart and they have a lot to work for or they have a lot to add if you give them something to work toward and for. And be really clear with people about here's what I think your end goal is. You know, 50% of the process of hiring someone is giving them a job. The other 50% is telling them what the goalpost is. And then actually seeing, does their face light up when you express where you see them going? Do they seem genuinely passionate about going towards that goal? And hiring someone who is going to be able to achieve that with you is going to be one of the biggest keys for making sure that they're successful. Finally, I... I want to just give a shout out to really specialized job boards. I know that we use sites like Indeed or like any one of the number of job sites online to find candidates, but I've often found that the places where I get the best candidates are on industry sites or hyper-specific networking groups that post jobs in email messages or other places. There's a company that I'm obsessed with called Invisible Network that any of your listeners can check out where candidates can post that they're looking for a job, what their skills are and what their dream job would be. And you can actually go and query any of those candidates and see if they might be a good position at your organization. And so look at some of these more niche job sites to find the kind of people that are maybe a little bit more focused on what they want to be doing with their career. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point. I mean, it's like you can write a job post and get no applicants. You can write a job post to get terrible applicants. But those those are some really good recommendations. I mean, the niche boards are great. I, I've never heard of Invisible Network. Or maybe I have, but I haven't looked into it recently. I mean, that looks awesome. And I really love what you said. Like, 50% of hiring is, is giving someone a job, and the other 50% is telling them the goalpost. I think, you know, especially initially when you're starting to build out a team, it's really easy to you know, you hire the person and then it's like, okay, now do the job. And, but like, you're not really telling them how to win. And so many times when you're not getting good work out of a person or they're not doing what you expect, it's like, you almost have to slow down and ask yourself, well, do do they know what I'm expecting of them? And for so often, especially when you're first learning, it's like the answer is usually no. (laughs) Right? No, a hundred percent. I mean, you're speaking my language. If we think that others can read our minds about what the future of our businesses look like, we're making a huge mistake. We have to be willing and interested in being able to articulate what our ultimate vision is, because if we can't do that, then we can't set anyone up for success, including ourselves. And the most quick way to think about this, honest to goodness, is to think about yourself when you started your own business. You know, I consider all the time about when I started my business, the thing that I was thinking about more than anything was, 
where do I want to be at the end of this year? I had a goal post for myself as the first employee of my company. And I made a list of here's the three things I want to achieve. Giving your employees that kind of framework will ensure success. And if they aren't successful at it, it will give you a really clear indication that maybe they aren't the right fit for your company. So you can let them go and move on to someone else. Yeah, that's a great point. And this is a perfect transition too. like, I mean, this is just like part of leadership. So one thing you mentioned how to hire, how to lead a team, like, obviously, this is a great way to lead a team is like telling people like, hey, here's how to win, then they can actually win. But like outside of that, how also, what are some other things you've learned when it comes to leading a team? I really believe in honesty. You know, one of my favorite quotes is being clear is being kind. I think sometimes instead of giving folks feedback really directly, we try to sugarcoat feedback or we try to say it in a quote unquote nice way. And as a result, we aren't super clear. And when you're not clear with people, you actually make it extraordinarily difficult for them to be successful. Time and time again, I see this play out. You know, you have to give someone some tough feedback and instead of just delivering the tough feedback, people will try to couch it in a lot of other information. And so the real feedback gets lost in the other information. I think being clear is is probably one of the most important things you can do as a leader. The other thing that you always have to remember is that, you know, I at times would get frustrated about this idea of like, no one's ever gonna work as hard as me. And I think that idea comes naturally to entrepreneurs and we talk about it a lot. I mean, I've even heard it said millions of times on Shark Tank, like no one is ever gonna work as hard as you as a founder. But I actually don't think that's totally fair. I think a lot of employees, they wanna work hard, they wanna be successful. I've never met somebody who takes a job and says, I wanna suck at this. And so I, I really hope that what folks hear from this is in your leadership mindset, really coming to a, a conclusion about what do I want people to feel when they work here and how do I help them see success in a way that is in alignment with who they are? Because if they can't see success, then they don't know what to strive for. And so be clear about that as well. Write it down. Take the diligence to set goals once a year or twice a year, whatever the calendar is or the cadence is for your organization. Just be on top of that and don't skip that meeting. You know, sometimes we get busy and we go like, oh, this goals meeting can wait. No, when we're talking about setting goals, we're talking about setting the direction that the business is going to go. You would never, ever, ever decide to take a pit stop on your directions and then not pick the directions back up, right? You want to have those directions clear for your employees so that they can be successful in every single way. Finally, yeah. just like, honestly, be a, be a full human. Like, don't, if you're feeling upset, it's okay to say you're upset. If you're feeling excited and happy, say you're excited and happy. If you're proud of someone, say you're proud of them. Being transparent is a gift. Yeah. I mean, I mean, those things are all super key and we're getting really good at the transitions because <laughs> speaking of transparency, honesty, one thing you can't hide from are the facts. And one of the best sources in business of the facts are your numbers. So one other thing you mentioned is like how to run the books. You've learned how to run the books. Like I know so many people who like they either avoid the books, they hate the books or just like they don't have a handle on it. Like how did you learn to master that and what does that look like in your world? Yeah, you know, knowing how you make money is the secret to making money is how I, <laughs> is how I have always described it to people. Yeah, if you're avoiding your books and you're avoiding your business, it's really that simple. And I can say that because I did that for many years. You know, I, I felt so uncomfortable getting in there and understanding the weeds. But there's some really great places where you can get your mind wrapped around those things. You do not need to avoid it. You can embrace it. 
it, you can go out and learn it. And so don't be afraid to learn what is my cost of goods sold? How do I make money? What is the margin on our given product? Be willing to spend the time with your CPA or whoever you're working with on your finances to figure out, you know, how can we make more money in this business and how can we be smarter about what we're doing and how we're doing it. And finally, you know, get get real comfortable with the P&L and get really comfortable with the balance sheet. Each business has these documents. They're important documents for your success. And I think it would be a huge, a huge lie if I said that I that I didn't need these things. You know, when I look at my business trajectory, I became successful when I started looking at my books and when I could understand what the books meant. That moment in time unlocked the business for me in a way that made it possible for me to be successful in the future. If you're avoiding it, you're only avoiding yourself. And I really hope that you'll you'll stop now and maybe maybe feel inspired to go learn it too. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, so many people, it's it's like the doctor, the people who avoid going to the doctor, it's like, I don't want to go to the doctor because then there might be something wrong with me. But what ends up killing them is the disease that they would have found out they had if they just went to the doctor. So the thing they're afraid of actually kills them because they just completely avoid it. It's the same with your numbers in business. Like you just, no matter where you're at, it's like sales cure is all, but like you still... <laughs> you need to be profitable and you need to know your numbers. That's exactly right. And you know, if if there's any one thing that has completely transformed my level of confidence as a business owner, I think all of us are looking to be more confident, right? In our businesses. It feels good to feel confident. It feels good to not be so worried about things all the time. Well, the way to get there is by having the information that you need so that you can be confident. That is the unlock, is is having that information. Yeah, that's huge. I, I could really talk about all of this stuff for, for hours, but we're coming up on time here. Before we sign off, is there anything else that, that you'd like to touch on? We can talk about creative. We can talk about you know hiring, leadership bookkeeping, like anything that kind of like last piece of advice you want to end on? The last piece of advice that I'll give you is that if something makes you happy and is something that inspires you in your business, I really think that you should lean into it. You know, one of the key things I've noticed is that when I am having fun in my business, it's usually because I'm inspired and I'm feeling excited about something. And sometimes we can pull away from that because it can feel scary or it can feel unsafe or it can feel like maybe, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting this. And so that's a that's a little bit terrifying. The truth is, is that the faster that you lean into the things that make you happy, the better, because the things that make you happy are the things that are going to make your customers happy as well. You want to surprise and delight them just like you want to be surprised and delighted. So don't be afraid of the things that give you joy. They might just be the thing that makes you successful. Love it. That's awesome. Nothing to add. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for for coming on the show today, Liz. Where can we go to learn more about you and Suna? Yeah, I would absolutely love if all of your listeners would go to Suna.co to learn more about our business. That's S-O-O-N-A dot C-O. And of course, the thing that I would love more than anything is if people would give us a shot, give us a try for whatever their new visual needs might be for their business. And I believe in it so much that I want to give your listeners a free photo or video clip on me. They can use my name, Liz, L-I-Z, as a coupon code to get that first asset completely free on us. So can't wait to see what they create. 
Love it. That's awesome. So yeah, I'll be sure to link up that down in the show notes below. Go check it out. Liz, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me if this sounds familiar. Your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue, and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or what what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge. And it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures uh, to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Wavebreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible and we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 